Welcome to Be A Better Speaker with me, Graham David, expert speaker. And this podcast is for you if you want to be a better speaker, facilitator, presenter or trainer. It's full of practical tools, tips and techniques to help you be better. This podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk. In this episode, I want to look at um, what for many people is uh, is a bit of a, I, I guess, a big drive, a thing that people really want to do, the big, the big result, and that is to have your presentation described as engaging. Now, it, it's really quite easy <clears throat> to make it more engaging possibly than it is currently, and this is really about understanding a little bit about audience psychology and understanding what people in the room are wanting and also not wanting. So I'm going to work on the basis that you've perhaps got a somewhere between a 15-minute and a one-hour presentation. Now, if it's longer, all of these lessons will still apply. And by the way, if you're thinking about an entire conference, not only should you consider contacting me for some help, I'm really good at helping people with these, um, all of the lessons I'm going to talk about in this episode will still apply. So one of the biggest problems people have with encouraging and maintaining engagement is that, frankly, what they're currently doing is just too boring. Now, this isn't anything to do with the content. Uh, Sometimes some content is easier than others, of course. And in some ways, it's not even about the quality or otherwise of the presenter, of the speaker. What it's really about is putting yourself in the position of the audience and thinking, what have they been watching or listening to for a while? And what do I need to do to change that? You see, here's the thing. Most of us can only really fully concentrate for somewhere between 20 and 40 minutes, right? Now, under that, you might think, oh, that's fine. I'm doing 15 minutes. I can just do what I want. But pretty quickly, what happens is our reptile brains take over. Now, you you know about this, I'm sure, from other stuff you may have read or come across elsewhere. But the base of it is this. When you are putting together your presentation, you are thinking about it from the undoubtedly intelligent, brilliant, um, well-achieving person that you are. So you have lots of detail to share. You have lots of thoughts and considerations to put across. You've probably got some graphs and charts you want to show people. And this is all well and good. But what you need to understand is that your audience, just like you, no matter how intelligent, no matter how switched on, and frankly, no matter how senior you are, your audience's brains are still filtering for what was relevant several thousand years ago. So when you start to consider this from your own perspective, you will understand why it applies to your audience equally. You see, what we are predisposed to do is to check for danger. Now, danger today generally doesn't come in the form of big brown bears chasing us. It comes from more mundane things like um, you've got to make a phone call, your client's been buzzing you three times in the last three minutes and there's at least another two hours of this presentation to go. There's no end in sight. Or you're getting a bit of a dead leg because the seats are too packed in, they're not very comfortable, and you can't move because the CEO is speaking currently. Or you need the toilet. Or you see where I'm going with this? It's those, those, those are the things today that we have to deal with whilst we're in a presentation, uh, in a briefing. And if we don't acknowledge that that is going to always be competing for attention in our audience, then we make it more difficult for ourselves to be engaging. 
So first of all, our audiences are thinking, is this going to be dangerous? See, right now you're listening to a podcast. This is about as safe as it can get. You don't even need to look at a video of me. So if you've decided that Be A Better Speaker is helping you, you've maybe downloaded this, you've maybe, maybe got it on your, uh, your podcast player, and it's easy. You can listen to it, you can... If you're driving, focus on what you're doing, I absolutely hope. Uh, if you're sat on the train, wherever wherever you happen to be right now. The point is, it's no threat to you. Now, if it's video, it might be slightly more of a threat because you have to watch it. And if it's live, oh my goodness, you've then got to sit in an audience and listen to me talk. And then all of the things I just mentioned come to fruition. So partly there's a threat issue. There's also, uh, do I need to pay attention to this? So is this going to be something that helps me or is this going to be something that is a risk to me? Now you think about the way that we have evolved thus far. Largely, when you're looking around for anything that appears to be uh, different or anything coming over the horizon, essentially you're wondering, do I need to run away from this? Do I need to kill this? Or do I need to mate with this? Now, aside from the obvious jokes that may be bubbling up in your brain right now as you're watching a speaker on the stage, the reality is no matter how much we evolve, all of us have that same basic programming in front of all the higher processing power, which is the getting interested in what the customer survey says or talking about the sales figures for next year or whatever it's going to be. So we need to understand that we're competing for a relatively short space of time. And typically, I would say 20 to 40 minutes. And you need to have regular changes. And that would be my first offer to you. There need to be changes in what the delegates are watching and listening to. So what's a change? Well, it could be a change in pace of speaking. And you can do that yourself. You don't need anybody else to help you. If the presentation before you was super lively, you can afford to bring it right down. And you can afford just to deliver what it is that you need to deliver. But you can't do that for 20 minutes straight. Because even if what you're saying is genuinely fascinating, your audience are going to struggle because they're going to start to conclude nothing is changing here. Not the content of what you're saying, if all else is equal, you are on stage, your pace is the same, nothing is changing. So you need to change your pace, you need to change your tone. I've dealt with this in another episode. You need to pause way longer than you think is comfortable. Again, I've dealt with that in another episode. If you know you tend to speak fast, as, as I generally do, I know, for me, I have to focus on slowing right down. So using those changes are really helpful. If you're putting together the whole conference you need to have differences of speakers. So that whole idea of, oh, I've got to follow so-and-so, they're really lively, that's terrible. No, it's not. That's actually very, very helpful. That changes the whole process. That starts to give, her a great, give us a greater level of engagement. Because every time something changes, that old part of your brain, that prehistoric part of your brain, kicks in and goes, ah, there's a change. Check in, see what's happening. I've talked before about using humour. That's a great way to change things. I've talked before about using movement. That's another great way of using things, changing things. You've also got to ask questions, but questions are so misused as an attempt to get engagement. So if you're busy chatting away and you go, okay, well, let's see what you think. What do we think our percentage increase in this, this figure was? Now, if nobody's been asked anything up until there, 
there's likely to be that awful silence that you dread asking questions, right? If there's going to be that horrible pause, you don't ask a question. So what you do, what most people do, is never ask questions. Actually, you need to get comfortable with peppering your presentation with questions. And it's really easy to do. They don't need to be answered, by the way. You can just ask a question, allow a minutest of pauses, and that brief moment is not only a sufficient enough change for the audience to go, huh, what's going on? But it gives you that extra level of engagement. You're starting to teach the audience, I'm going to ask you questions. Now, as you're listening to this, can you imagine how that might help you? Now, you see, I've done it just there. So I was speaking at a conference just yesterday, and very early on in the presentation, even though I had script and I knew what I was going to say to this audience, it was a very uh, tight one-hour piece with a lot of um, information to get through. We had some live case studies to demonstrate. But even in my introduction, my literally two, three-minute introduction, I'd asked two or three questions. And then when I asked the audience to, to, to do something, they sprang into action. And that's going to be my next point. So questions, absolutely essential. Ask questions. Ask questions you don't want the answers for. Never, ever, ever, by the way, say, Dave, what do you think? All right? When you pick on people, that is not engaging. That's just terrifying. None of us like that. Again, put yourself in the perspective of Dave. Now, I don't care what you believe you are as a speaker. You may be amazing, you may be terrible, you may be somewhere off the scale, I don't know. I'm a really good speaker on stage, but I know for a fact, because of the way people's brains work, that at any particular point, some of the audience is not listening. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it works. When I go and listen to an event, when I go and uh, watch a training session, I, I'm an enthusiastic learner. I want to learn. But I will switch off occasionally or drift off or be thinking about something that's just been said. So the moment you go, Dave, what do you think? Then actually what you're doing is putting Dave under huge amounts of pressure. And if Dave wasn't listening or Dave was thinking about something else, whether you think that's fair or not, all you're actually doing is reducing the level of engagement. We're looking to increase it. So movement, I just said, another really useful thing. What opportunities do you have to get your audience to move? You see, if you think about it, when you march your audience in, you sit them down, you go, OK, here we go, this is what we're doing, let's get started. Then the CEO walks on, does his 15 minutes, this is what's coming up for the, the rest of the, the year. And then the, um, the finance director stands up and she does a whole piece about what a great year it's been. And then the marketing guy uh, pops up with with the team and uh, they put this whole thing together now suddenly you're yeah, half an hour an hour three hours in and no one's moved and that's not very engaging that's that's uncomfortable people need to stretch their legs people have bits of their body that ache if they sit still too long so take advantage of that uh, the event i was speaking at yesterday within the first three minutes, I had done a genuine and plausible introduction whilst I peppered it with some questions. I then went into a very brief uh, comedy thing that I sometimes do to start conferences. Uh, that took another minute or two. That got people laughing and relaxing when they start to relax, by the way. Useful. That's why I love humour so much. That further engages people. They start to realise nothing bad is going to happen. We do something fairly silly. makes people giggle. And then I say, right, I now need you to, and I give them this activity to do. The activity literally took me one minute to explain and took 35 seconds for the audience to do. But in the doing of that exercise, they all had to stand up and move around. That was it, minute and a half. 
Now, what that means is, as I get into the main part of my presentation, and I'm only six or seven minutes in now, I've done a number of different things that have dramatically increased the engagement of the audience. Now, the, speaker, the two speakers before me were both very good, by the way. All right? One of them was a very senior person. Actually, they're both very, very senior directors. Both really engaging, supported with slides, um, lovely, light, uh, bright, uh, engaging slides, little key bits of information. Um, they had some, some, uh, some awards they gave out, some little prizes, all in the first 45 minutes. So absolutely, they were really good. But it doesn't change the fact that the audience had at that point, when I started, been sat down for getting on for an hour. So getting to stand up and move is a really good idea. There are numerous reasons you can do this. So if you've got a three-hour slot, you need to break it. More than an hour and a half, more than about one hour 45, you will see your audience really starting to squiggle a bit. So you need to have those regular sessions. If you're planning a whole conference session, uh, a whole day, I would typically have about four one and a half hour slots. Even a three, four minute break to go and use the restrooms, to get some fresh air, to drink coffee, uh, to inhale, whatever it is they need to go and do, is absolutely worth the three, four, five minutes it will take just to drive up that engagement. So I've talked about questions. I've talked about changing your pace and your tone. I've talked about getting your audience to move. Uh, I've talked about not putting people on uh, on the spot and going, you, Dave, or whatever your name is. <laughs> I, know I keep going for Dave. Uh, what do you think? That's a really bad thing to do. And then, finally, what I want to share with you is, is you need to bring to any presentation you give a sense of fun. Now, you may reject that immediately. It's not possible in our industry. It's not possible in my topic. It's not possible for me. I'm a non-fun-loving individual. Well, I don't believe that, all right? But even if you are, look at it from your audience's perspective. Many people in audiences, don't want to break this to you, but many people in audiences don't want to be there. They don't want to be on the front seat either. They don't want to be in the front row. You've seen people do that. Come on, move forward, move forward, move forward. Nobody wants to sit in the front row. By the way, small tip for you. If you have 100 seats out and 100 people have said they're going to come along, Hide 10 of the chairs from the back, right? Move them completely. So you've actually got 90 seats. Here's what will happen. The seats will fill up. Now, probably 10 people won't show up, in which case you're fine. But if all of the 100 do show up, plus three or four extra people who have been sent along by their managers, guess what? You can put extra seats out. And this is a really good Subtle way of telling your audience this is over, oversubscribed. This is going to be worth paying attention to. The opposite to this is you've invited um, 60 people to come along. You turn up at the venue and they naturally give 100 seats and you leave the other 40 seats there. You know what will happen. Everybody will sit at the back. The first four rows will be empty and you'll then waste the first couple of minutes asking everybody to move forward. That's not engaging. That kicks back in that stress level that I mentioned earlier. So less seats means people have to come in and find a seat. That has a high level of engagement. People start to feel there's, a, there's an element of, oh my gosh, the seats are going, I better get in and get a seat. So the final point I was talking about then was a sense of fun, a sense of 
uh, almost performance, a sense of occasion. So you need to come at this as though this is something they're going to enjoy. Now, that's not you as a senior person saying, I think you're going to enjoy today. All right? That's you telling them to. And because you're senior, you can do that. Uh, because they're not as senior as you, they're supposed to go, all right, I'll enjoy myself. It's also not saying that well overused cliche that I have seen so many terrible presenters do. Um, enjoy today. Get involved. Remember, there are no such thing as stupid questions. The only stupid question is the question you don't ask. Well, that's not true. And then, they, then they'll say something like, uh, it's a bit, um, it's all about really what you put into it is what you get out of it. We've all heard that dozens of times and we all therefore know that this means some bad stuff's going to happen later on that we don't want anything to do with. You don't want to be first over the barricades, do you? Nor does anyone else. So bringing a sense of occasion and fun and entertainment to it is it's a slightly intangible thing, but it's about letting us know through the way you speak and your energy and your genuine excitement that you're pleased to be here and you have information worth sharing with us. It's about not telling us that we're going to enjoy ourselves. It's not doing that thing you sometimes see um, with respect to sales directors, sales directors doing, okay, you're right. And the audience goes, yeah. They go, I can't hear you, you're right. They go, yeah. One more time. Right, okay, that works in pantomime. It doesn't work at your conference. You've got to be really good to get away with that. In fact, what you're better to do is to go in with the basis that I know you're going to be enjoying yourself here, to genuinely let us see that you want to be here and absolutely never to share with us how hard you've worked to get it to this stage. Because from the audience perspective, we don't care. I saw a tremendously bad presenter um, several times, actually, at the start of this year, a client I was working with, and every session I could hear the music of the Smiths playing in the background, uh, heavy on melancholia, if you don't know the Smiths, and this guy stood up and said, hello, right, we're going to get started. How uh, to bear with me, I've been up in Manchester last night, I'm in Bristol tomorrow. Um, right, it's going to be quite a long day, so keep to the top. And he went on like that, that was his introduction. That was his welcome to the session. Any energy in the room, you could feel plummeting through the floor and onto the floor below when that guy started. It was awful. He was then followed by one of the clients who then stood up and told us all to, to, to what we, we get out of it, what we put into it, and so on. It, it, you've, you've got to behave as though you believe, you genuinely believe they're going to enjoy themselves. And by the way, if you've got a conference, if you've got a presentation that is a bit boring, it's a bit dull, if you know it's a bit dry, then you need to change it now. So that's it. That's my key tips for making your presentation more engaging. Ask more questions. Ask them to the whole room. You don't always need answers. Give the audience time to discuss with each other what their answers might be and to shout the answers back. It doesn't matter, frankly, what the answers are. It really doesn't. In a conference setting, it doesn't matter. Use less slides. Use your own energy to take your audience with you. Get your audience moving. Get your audience to uh, be a little bit unsure about what's coming up, but in a good way. Let people know they're not going to be embarrassed. Those are some uh, useful tips. They all absolutely work to make your audience more engaged. Look forward to hearing your comments. Talk to you next time.
thanks for listening to Be A Better Speaker. If you'd like to help me to keep making these podcasts for you, please consider subscribing right now. Leave a rating or leave a couple of words of encouragement. Be great to hear your reviews. My name's Graham David, expert speaker, and this podcast is sponsored by bluebeetle.co.uk and grahamdavid.co.uk.